0: Um, I just want to start with incredible appreciation and thanks for our fans and IPTA donors and certainly coming off the, the last home game um, this past Saturday. Um, my notes say this was our highest attendance, um, highest attended season for the first time since 2015. Um, so I don't know what the Deputy AD in 2015 was thinking as it relates to attendance and capacity count, but um, we just came a couple hundred tickets short um, through a full sellout for all seven games, which is just, it's just uncommon. Um, it really is, and I know Coach has been so consistent throughout all the, um, his, his availability this fall, and I would even echo and be really direct of just as far as his um, discussion and appreciation that he has um, to the team and his um, uh, emphasis that that's just, it's just uncommon and different here at Clemson. Um, And it's it's easy for us to just kind of feel that we know Clemson's different in that regard. Uh, But when you take a half step back, and particularly as you look back and close a a home schedule year, um, it's just really, really special. So Saturday was no different. But this season was no different all throughout. Um, And the appreciation we have certainly for our fans, 22,000 plus IPte members. um, It is just really, really strong and special here. Um, Relatedly. You saw our announcement on, the announcement on, on Friday about uh, 110 Society, new NIL collective in the Clemson community um, and the, uh, the opportunity that, that IPTE and we have from an educational standpoint and awareness within our community about um, the 110 Society from a collective standpoint, how that is able to work with donors and communities, uh, businesses in our community about opportunities for student athletes. Um, we couldn't be more um, aggressive and prioritized on how NIL programming, funding, fundraising um, works in support of our student-athletes. It's just really, really necessary. Um, And it certainly continues to ebb and flow day by day, let alone um, as we continue to add programming and resources and work within our community um, for the 110 Society, which is now launched as as the new collective, how that's transitioned in the community. So you're going to continue to see a very strong presence for education. Um, for awareness, for fundraising opportunities from us and IPTAE and how that um, works with the 110 Society for them to work uh, again with donors, with businesses and and connect with our student athletes. So um, excited about that launch. Want to continue to to be very present with that as Coach Sweeney Will and all of our coaches um, just from the awareness and resources and prioritization for name, image and likeness um, for our for our student athletes. Excited of where we sit and and what's ahead as it relates to that priority um, for all things that, that it's important to. Um, I touched on some of our sports and sport updates um, and even with the fall sports, certainly soccer's um, incredible fall uh, for both men's and women's soccer. We host um, uh, women's soccer on Saturday at one o'clock for the chance for the first time ever, women's Clemson women's soccer to advance to the College Cup. Coach Radwanski um, has just built a, a, a dominant program here and the ability to have at Riggs um, and host the next step um, towards the College Cup for women's soccer program is really, really special. So excited for Saturday at one, leading into obviously the road game um, in Columbia, on Saturday evening, I'm going I'm to do both um, and try to have a really successful Saturday for both those teams. Following um, Coach uh, Noonan, certainly in his Sweet 16 matchup with his program on Sunday, which has just kind of become a, a staple for, for that program, um, hitting the road to New Hampshire on Sunday. Um, I think we're one of two or three, Jeff, um, uh, universities that have both um, soccer teams still competing at this uh, stage of the NCAA, so really excited for what that has been all season in Riggs. Again, not uh, no different than how it's been um, in the Valley as it relates to fan support and attendance. Um, we are top five in the country as it relates to both men's and women's soccer attendance and, and ticket sales. Um, it's just really, really, um, it's really, really thematic throughout all of our sports. Even gymnastics, as I referenced earlier, as as we've gone on sale for the first time ever, gymnastics season ticket sales. We've sold over 2,500 season tickets for gymnastics, which is also top five in the country haven't even had a home meet yet. So we'll have an exhibition match, kind of a gymnastics 101 um, on December 8th and a couple Fridays and then our first home Home meet will be uh, January twelfth, uh, second Friday in January. So, um, Clemson gymnastics will be really, really special in our community. Um, couldn't be more excited about that launch and um, the competition for for those programs. And certainly football or uh, basketballs, both men's, and women's, great start to their seasons. Um, a lot of energy and anticipation for both those programs as we get into um, continuing non-conference play, let alone into conference play later this month um, and then through the winter. So. A lot of activity, a lot going on, not even to mention NCAA um, cross-country. Gladys Chepnichich finished in the top 25 from a uh, NCAA cross-country championship. I know that doesn't maybe get the headlines as much, but first time that we've had Qualify or let alone a, a placing that high um, since 2018. So really excited again across the board and all 21 sports, which is certainly my lens um, here for this fall and um, winter for uh, for Clemson athletics. So um, facilities updates. Happy to dive into those. There's certainly we've started significant construction on the. Um, the Watt Family Performance and Wellness Center, which is just south of Jervy and Jervy Gym, up Perimeter Road, as we're continuing construction and completion of the women's sports expansion uh, project up at uh, rowing facility up East Beach Road, with it, which is lacrosse, gymnastics, and rowing. So that work continues, which you know is a staple um, for us here at Clemson, certainly has been over the past decade, um, and happy for continued, uh, continued progress on those, and other projects that we're looking at that I'm happy to, to dive into. So. Um, with that said, certainly rivalry week. Excited to see Coach Tanner on Saturday. He and I have been um, in constant contact as as we always are. He's been a, a great um, friend and partner um, with our roles, and um, as we as we uh, come together on Saturday, and Williams Price will be um, happy to, to gather with him. I actually, owe him a text messages from earlier on another matter. Um, but the rivalry piece, I caught the back end of Coach Sweeney's stories on on Coach Spurrier, etc. Certainly for for the ADs and for for Ray and I, um, that's a really important relationship and um, and a strong one, just from a Communication standpoint. So look forward to Saturday. Um, all the things here to four and beyond that. So happy to jump into any conversation or direction from here.
1: On football rivalry stuff, um, you speak to the importance of that rivalry, no matter what changes for anybody. Um, and have you guys struck a contract for, for the next round of that? Yep.
0: Um, yeah, great question, Chapel. Um, I don't believe we've struck a contract, and quite frankly, we, we will and we need to. Right? There's the there's the um, paperworking aspect of it, but. Yeah, it's just a non-negotiable, and Ray and I have talked about we We have and will continue to play um, that game, period. However, landscape continues to change. Um, yeah, no, no conversations otherwise, no mindset otherwise, absolutely. There's been a lot of... There's been a lot of talk with the SEC going to nine conference games as they expand, but even if they do that, so I mean, I know the, the SEC canceled this game in 2020, even though both schools wanted to play. That's right. um, ending a long streak of consecutive meetings, but no thought to you know discontinuing that at all if they do move to nine games. Right. Um, yeah, they, the SEC hasn't. I know that's something that they're um, they're considering. Yeah, should Coach Tanner and I have talked about that should the SEC change their conference matchups would expect. Um, I certainly would, and I, I know his mindset is to continue to play this game, yeah, period. Did, did the date in, in, in
1: earlier in the year in the year with
2: those It
0: always could. Possibly? Yeah, it always could. And I know, um, I guess, at, at various times the rivalry has been played earlier in the season or um, to start the season or at various times. So, um, you know, I, th- I think we both feel that it, it's in a really good traditional spot. Um, at this um, last week of the season, so we haven't struck conversations. I would put that as sure it could um, and I, I think we'd have to be responsive to the changing landscape of college athletics as it relates to when that schedule is right there's been discussions nationally as it relates to moving this, the whole season up a week and week zero and how that um, plays into the, the calendar of, of the month of December and CFP expansion et cetera so I think it's it, that's squarely in hey we need to be strategic and adaptive to um, just all aspects, changing changing calendar for the um, for the sport or otherwise. But at this point, no no active conversations on that.
1: Per the landscape note, I mean, you know, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, I, I don't I don't know how else to phrase it, but what's come going on, P. On? how we how are we
0: phrasing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: what's going on with all that's been reported and all the questions you've had answered about it over the past several months? Where is this school's place in the conference landscape? within the short
0: term and the long term? Yeah, I couldn't be more um, uh, more confident, more proud um, of, of how Clemson is viewed nationally. Sure, and, and again, so much work goes into that um, at all levels and, and the alignment that we talk about um, so much from um, our board of trustees, President Clements, of course, who, who is so well-read and engaged and networked in, in college athletics, what that means for Clemson, let alone um, the industry. So So that alignment that we talk about often um it it is really um so critical when it relates to institutional decisions and and order of magnitude as as the changing landscape of college athletics is um and and pete when we talk about that it means a whole lot more than just conference affiliation right collegiate athletics model um sure football cfp scheduling we talked about um and, and all the things and so that Consistent communication and and strategy and alignment is is something that um, really shows through. And I think we are so well positioned and really differently in that regard. That being said, um, listen, we're going to continue to to do what's best for Clemson um, and to be incredibly well read on all things, landscape, network, contacts um, at all at all levels. Um, And, yeah, we have. consultants and, and support that we look to do that and it's, it's my job to continue to position us and to be connected and to be nimble and strategic as it relates to the changing landscape. Um, within that, we are great members of the ACC and we're going to continue to be great members of the conference that we're in. That's really important. That means kind of day-to-day and meetings and strategy and football scheduling, right, all those things, um, how we talk about that publicly you know, like I'm doing here and, and otherwise, and we have a lot of staff and coaches and, and, and public meetings that um, are, are really important that we're aligned and being great members of, of the conference we're in. That's our obligation, it's Clemson. Um, and we have a duty to help um, raise the value of, of, of our conference in the ACC. And, and that's what we're gonna continue to do while um, looking out and, and doing what's best for Clemson. How
3: constant and consistent are conversations about conference realignment these days for you?
0: Yeah, we we talk with everybody internally and externally. Again, um, unapologetically, just to continue to be well positioned and well read. There's just so much, um, so many moving moving aspects of collegiate athletics. Right, I, I don't know a better way to say it other than that active dialogue internally and externally. Um, just remains to be to be very present, and I think Clemson, un, or, uh, not unlike many others, are just very very connected and very active in those conversations, um, and and would expect to be so. Um, and so we'll have very candid conversations internally and externally within um, the landscape and um, expect that to continue going forward, right? There's no mile marker or anticipatory, great, here's finality, right? It's just a changing, uh, changing dynamic landscape. And again, uh, you know, I, I view that, these, these conversations beyond just conference affiliation. It's just that much of a moving, moving aspect of our industry right now. And so we're gonna remain very active with that. Obviously
3: money is the driving factor for all of this realignment and and change and with the SEC and the Big Ten and the big contracts, that's what everybody has to look at. How long do you think Clemson could, you know, continue to compete at a current (coughs) level if earning levels stay the same within the ACC? And then the second part is, has the conference talked any more about, you know, hey, let's do some incentive-based. money talks for you guys. Yeah,
0: distributions. Yeah, yeah distribution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll phrase, David. The, I'll, I'll maybe work backwards. I'm um, excited. I know the conference been forward. Um, Commissioner Phillips about, and, and President's group, about um, what's being deemed ACC success initiative model, um, which would allow for, um, dollars to be earned more based on success right success initiatives and that's uh, done to encourage or incentivize investment and ultimately performance right and in and sports of football and, um, and basketball certainly carry most of the value and so they're they're focused there so I do expect over the coming months for that to be fully Um, adopted and again there's been good public discussion about that and and expect Clemson to um, you know we will um, our intention is to certainly um, have success and therefore um, gather more dollars from the ACC in that regard it's important commissioner has really prioritized that um, within the league has for for quite some time a year year and a half now Um, and so that for that to be um, essentially at the finish line is um, is really important And, and the ACC is leading in that regard that being said um you know, you started the question, David, saying this is all about money, and, and I understand the economics of it, certainly. Um, our, our budget in the athletics department is 161 million, and, and that is certainly in my responsibility to, to manage our department, the business of Clemson Athletics, and ultimately um, uh, gather as many resources as we can to support our student athletes and our competitive success. Um, that being said, I, I wouldn't say it's all about the, the money, the economics, certainly the, the, the brand platform, the ability to compete nationally, um, brand awareness, furthering our institution. You know, that's what that's what our athletics department, what Clemson athletics is, the, the adage of front porch. Sure, I'm not going to preach on that. We, we understand that. But athletics is just different. And it's really, really important at Clemson and how that speaks to. And we've seen, certainly over the past decade, um, just the brand prominence of our institution, application rates, academic profile, uh, um, geography of applicants. Um, I hosted a, a good friend of mine's family from Tulsa, Oklahoma, this weekend. Um, she's a high school junior, and she wants to come check out Clemson, you know. And I know that's kind of always been the case, but there's just more and more of, of that brand and national um, perception that is important for our whole institution. And so, yes, the economics, and I'm not dismissing your point because you're right. Like, the resources are a huge component of this, but, it, but we view it to be more than that. Um, and how all of those ingredients go into conversations and strategy and how much we talk internally and externally, it's just really, really important. At Clemson, at the highest levels, and again, that alignment piece, um, certainly speaks to that and that's why it's such a priority for us to be well connected well read and really focused on prioritizing the best economic and brand platform for for clemson and
1: that being I was just said to, I was just about to ask you about the revenue distribution model
0: um, obviously football generates a lot more money than basketball and uh, Clemson has a lot more success in the sport of football do, do you lobby with commissioner phillips and the ACC to you know have uh, the distribution you know commensurate with the money that those sports generate? Yeah, um, certainly, but I think that's been pretty consistent within the league um, that all, all members that um, write football from a, a television and a, and a media value does drive um, the most of the dollars, so let's align success and opportunity to earn more dollars based on, on that. So, um, sure, that's certainly my lens, and uh, but I, I do think that's been that's relatively shared within the league.
1: Do you sense that since last spring when the model first began being discussed, that it's becoming more of a a conversation that's easier to have among the ACC membership that an ACC could move forward with a structured principle, whereas maybe that, that kind of caught a lot of people by surprise or didn't didn't hit them the right way, so to speak, last spring when that first kind of was discussed.
0: Yeah, I think if I understand the question, Pete, I'll, I'll answer. But if you, please redirect me if I'm off. Um, yeah, I, again, I think it, it, it's certainly a, a an aspect that the ACC is is being a leader in this regard. Right, and the, the equivalent revenue distribution um, that the ACCs we currently have and, and, and has had is 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 not uncommon, or it's it's like most all other conferences. I know there's some some one-offs out there, um, a little bit. So I think that this model um, is is unique to, uh, again is 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 a leader as it relates to um, how the ACC is looking to have uh, distributions change in the future. And do other conferences follow suit, or kind of take, um, review that, and, and maybe construct something similarly? I'm not sure, but I know there's been a lot of conversation that I've had from from um, colleagues outside of the ACC interested in how the ACC is is going about this, um, because. Uh, economics, revenues to college athletics continue to change, again, the changing um, landscape and collegiate model. And so I think um, there's a a generally accepted, hey, we need to look through things differently from a distribution standpoint across the board beyond just the ACC. Um, And so it is good for the ACC to be, be a leader in that regard. So
1: along those lines, those who may have protested initially that thought, do you think maybe they've kind of come around more to that just because everything has to change and evolve over time. Maybe they're more in line with that thing. I right see, now. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's right, Pete. Um, and, again, the, the presidents um, are the ones that, that vote on this model, as they did with expansion, um, you know, and, and how the ACC is, has effectively tied those two components together and moving forward with um, with expansion and with um, revenue distribution. Yeah, I think there is good um, good uh, consensus within the league about this is an appropriate and strategic next step. Yeah. These uh, NCAA
1: Lawsuits are <coughs> comparatively off the radar, like relative to realignment talk, which is, you know, obviously very sexy. I'm, I'm curious, like when you have a trustee or a constituent who asks you, hey, what, what's this all about? Is it a big deal?
0: What do you say? Like as it relates to realignment and, ha- and where we're, we could be headed? Yeah, well said, Larry. And you're right. Uh, you know, you, you phrase it off the radar and it might be if you um, follow the headlines or the tweets, but it's it's not um, in our Uh, evaluation and strategy with it and a little bit of my my mentions earlier of um, it's easy just to think you know conference affiliation I got it I know that's um, that's um, really transactional to talk about but it's a big um, big consider there are many variables and inputs to um, considerations of how we're positioning Clemson nationally um, including um, NCAA uh, national issues and lawsuits sure we are well read on on all of those it's really important just to be um, at the ready to understand the implications and the dominoes and the the strategy with that. Um, And so, yes, absolutely, we group all of of those aspects of the changing collegiate model, um, some of which we can control, some of which we can't, um, into part of the bigger picture of our dialogue and strategy.
2: UADs and administrators across the country, as you've announced these new collectives for your various schools, and you kind of spin it a certain way, but I mean, the vast majority of the public I would say still sees it as pay-per-play uh, pay for play you know for the players yeah. and you know those who follow recruiting when a school doesn't get a particular player he goes somewhere else you know they're being outbid i mean how do you how do you shoot that down how is that not true when we know the collectives are getting money to funnel to the players and how do we how can you say not, i'm not
0: picking on you i'm just crossing yeah. the board your yeah. in industry UADs, I think is how you phrase the question. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs>
2: how do you to people and say we're not paying the players straight up? Uh, we're not uh, trying to outbid another school for a player uh, when somebody tampers with our player because they offer more money. Yeah. How can y'all turn a blind eye to that?
0: Yeah. Um, I, a couple things. I, certainly, the, the awareness and the discussion that I have with all 16 of our head coaches, 21 sports, um, it takes NIL activation, and, and again, even call it uh, stories, or, or um, you know uh, how things may be alleged to be working. They take different forms and fashions in every sport. Um, so very w- well aware and active, and and understand from our coaches how that works at um, at Clemson, or more so to your your point, Phil, um, from an industry standpoint. Listen, I couldn't be more um, proud and excited about where where Clemson, where we position the programming, the resources, the education, work with IPTE for NIL, and again, 110 Society is a big part of that from from Friday, a big, um, you know, next iteration there. But also, and, and more to your question maybe, Phil, of, of how we – of how our coaches start with Coach Sweeney, sure, but on down position NIL as it relates to our student athletes and, and recruitment, which is kind of what you're, um, which what you're getting at. And I know coaches talked about Coach Sweeney's talked about it a lot, but it's a it's a pervasive thought and strategy amongst uh, most all of our of our programs that hey, NIL is important, right? It is, and has now been two and a half years since the since the NCAA allowed for um, name, image, and likeness um, earning opportunities, and so. Uh, but it's, it's continued, the paradigm has continued to shift and, and grow and how that looks competitively. And so how we position, how Coach Sweeney for his football program, how Coach Butler for her women's basketball program go across the board, um, how they position NIL from a, from a recruitment standpoint. And yeah, we, we, it's important that we have the resources and the support for our student athletes that, that they can come to Clemson and, and take part in NIL and, and build their brand and be educated and supported as, as well as any program in the country like I believe that um, but it's also one that that's not the reason why um, that, that's not how our coaches w- would recruit them to come here um, and again I know that's a little bit of a blanket statement but that's very much the the sentiment that that I have with our coaches and I think how that fits Clemson and how our our coaches um, know how they're rec- attracting and recruiting student athletes that would would conversely fit Clemson so I hope that, that addresses it to the level of specificity that I, that I can or I'm comfortable with, Phil, but um, I do think that, um, again, I'm really encouraged and excited as the landscape continues to change and, and name image likeness continues to mature and locally, let alone nationally, and how that would fit that um, we're really well positioned and how that, how that fits within our programs on behalf of our student athletes. If
3: you read social media. A lot of people say Davo hates NIL, Clemson can't compete because Tech, they're not as big as Texas A&M with a graduate base, but yet people at Florida State say Clemson's one of the top five most aggressive schools in terms of NIL. Maybe that doesn't necessarily translate to money because you're not giving $75,000 to offensive linemen who we did a pancake house. But how do you feel like Clemson compares nationally to these schools? You know that they, they do have bigger alumni bases.
0: That's right. Uh the, the um the, the, the notion of we fight above our weight class, which I know even President Clements talks about a lot as it relates to Clemson and our hundred and eighty thousand plus living alums, um, of which really interesting, David, and I think about this um from a business of Clemson Athletics, and this is a little bit of a tangent, I'll I'll rope it into answering your question. Um of our hundred and eighty thousand plus living alums at Clemson, about a third, sixty thousand of them or so approximately Um, President Clements, who's in his 11th year now, has shook their hand at graduation. Um, Implication being that a third of Clemson's living alums have graduated within the last 10 years. Now, I know some of that's grad, grad school and things like that, but by and large, in my head, like the business takeaway that I have is a third of our alums are, what, low 30s or younger, in their 20s, by and large. And so how do we connect with them? How do we um, engage, communicate, sell, you know, uh, event and experience, right? This is bring broadcast live on Clemson Plus. That's a very intentional um, strategy and technology for us, right? And that doesn't hit all the demographics, but I think it certainly um, is more adaptive and maybe hits the one-third of our living alums, the 60,000 Clemson um, alums that are maybe in that demographic of having graduated within the last 10 years. So my point is that I think, David, the aggressive and and maybe the perception it's easy to jump to money on that right oh top five or coach you know but again I I don't view I certainly do not view name image and likeness or NIL programming and offering um and and however you would define that as aggressive not just to be about the money because quite frankly I don't really know you know it's so hard to tell and disclosures and that I'm not even really allowed to know exactly how all um, how all the the collective fundraising really works, and that's that's a really comfortable and appropriate spot for me and our coaches to be in. So the top five, and hearsay, really not sure, but I do know that we are, um, and I would agree with the 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 definition of we're aggressive in our programming, our support, again, 110 Collective, and how that organizes and is educated in the community, and then ultimately how that connects for our coaches to recruit um, to from a name, image, and likeness programming. So I would agree um, that we are very aggressive, and I know I've been forward in, in talking through that, and it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to be about it, and I think a lot of the programming and, um, and things in our community would, would support that but also it might come across that we're not as aggressive just because again, it's not all about the dollar here. Um, and so I, I appreciate maybe that balance that it, it sounds like it's two different things, but how I read it is when you really combine them and look at it from the bigger picture, it really fits Clemson. Um, so again, that, that, that tangent to our alumni base is somewhat part and parcel. Um, but also I think a, a big reason why I'm bullish and how we're going to continue to position Clemson athletics NIL or otherwise, um, in the changing, changing landscape.
1: As you mentioned earlier, you don't know the mile marker at this point, not that you could, of of when you might have the next chapter written in terms of what happens with Clemson's conference alignment. But is it logical to think, in in a very crazy world, uh, that perhaps the way the order of business works during a college athletic year, that it it probably wouldn't be until end of the year, spring meetings, and and such? An invitation, if one is to come, would come your way.
0: Yeah, sure. The... um you know, I totally get the seasonality, and I know it has been over the summers where there's been more actions um, in the recent past. Get it? Um, but again, that's a, our our strategy and our um, positioning of, of Clemson and being and um, agno- well read and well networked is Well, not agnostic of the calendar, but it, it's consistent, um, and and will continue to be. And I know from a landscape standpoint, there's a lot of focus on the college football playoff and and um, that. Positioning now, but as that's changing, um, obviously starting next year and beyond, um, and so we're going to continue to um, just uh, continue to position Clemson be great members of the ACC um, and be very nimble in the changing athletics landscape, which means a whole lot for us beyond just conference affiliation. So I'll
1: take that as again, you just don't have a mile (laughs) marker for what you noted
0: earlier. It's yeah, not only mile marker, but nor a, a like a finish line. You know, right, again, just the the movement of college athletics as an an industry and as a model um, continues to change. As Jeff started, it's um, in a few weeks, it'll be two years for me in this role, um, which is uh, 10 and a half. It'll be 11 years for me at Clemson. Um, And so, gosh, just in those two years, right, um, of how much the industry has continued to change. I know we've talked a lot about name, image, likeness here and certainly landscape, um, but I have no – no anticipation that that rapidity of changing environment is gonna is gonna um, subside, um, and that's why I'm excited for, um, and hope I'm giving you some energy of how I'm going to continue to look to support our 575 student athletes now 21 sports, which has changed twice um, in the past two years, um, let alone uh, positioning Clemson on behalf of the university in the in the landscape.
1: Time for one more. Uh, there was a report in the Washington Post. I'm not sure if you saw it about Coach Amy Smith. Yeah. Obviously, it was at a previous institution, but have you read the report? Um, will you address it with her at all, or are, are you troubled by anything that you read
0: in there? Yeah, thanks, John. saw the Washington Post article yesterday, um, which was really more focused on the, the the sport, kind of a national lens on, on collegiate gymnastics. Couldn't be more excited for um, for Amy and her embarking on now officially starting our um, Clemson Gymnastics. We did work with the Washington Post and provided them a full statement um, that they didn't run the whole full statement. Jeff has and is happy to to provide. Um, but certainly have been in dialogue with, with Coach prior to her hire and, and certainly since then and couldn't be more excited for – Um, her support of her program student-athletes, our support administratively for those resources and expectations um, and excited to to kick off uh, Clemson Gymnastics here in a a couple months. Just
1: to follow up on the, what was the vetting process like for for a coach like that? Like her, maybe just in general, what does that process look like on you also? Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, when we hired Amy, no no different, uh, thorough, um, but nothing, nothing unique, so to speak, for, for her or any of our, our sports that, would, uh, that was, was uh, caused to be unique about it. But very thorough um, in, in the background and the, the support um, since. And so um, excited about Amy and, and her support of our student-athletes, and six of which transferred from Utah State with her um, here to Clemson. And uh, just a lot of excitement and energy around that program at all levels.